Welcome to Short Course, Episode 4, for January 23rd, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. It's January as I record this, so it's time to look at the year ahead and plan out which major matches to shoot. And I wanted to talk about my perspective on shooting major USPSA matches and hopefully offer some thoughts that might save you a lot of effort and help you get more out of this season and feel less frustrated when you don't really know why. As I've mentioned before, I think the point of going to a level 2 or above USPSA match is to have a deeper competition pool to test yourself against, while at the same time having the luxury of being as focused as possible and just shooting the stages with interesting, well-designed, debugged stages to shoot. In this idea, quality matters much more than quantity, which is in part why I tend to shoot relatively few level 2 matches. Just as an example, it looks like I'm only going to shoot four level 2 or above matches, the North Carolina and South Carolina state matches, IPSC Nationals, and then the U.S. Nationals, both of those being in Florida. So nothing terribly far from home. I'm not flying to any matches or anything like that this year. But the other part of the equation is the idea that you should seek out competition at a level that challenges you and never stop seeking competition like that. But for most of us in the sport, in most parts of the country, we don't actually have to go that far to find competition at that level. And that's a good thing. As far as I'm concerned, time spent preparing for level 2 is time that I'm not experimenting and trying to improve. Right before a level 2 or above, I'm just trying to get everything in my technique squared away and build confidence in it. But it's just as important to have that period between big matches when you can try new things, make tweaks, and measure whether it's an improvement or not. In short, just shooting a lot of level 2s doesn't inherently make you any better at shooting level 2s any more than shooting lots of matches makes you better at just shooting matches. Over time, sure, you'll slowly get better, but if you really want to get good quickly, you have to practice outside of the matches. So how do you know whether you should be shooting more level 2s or not? The way I look at it, you should shoot as many matches at the level where you are currently challenged and only shoot level 2s if that's where you need to go to challenge you. In short, driving 10 hours to shoot a level 2 or 3 match when you aren't even competitive at your local club match is expending a lot of resources that really aren't necessary if all you're interested in is just getting better. You can say it's a vacation and it's just for fun, and I have no beef with that. But telling yourself that it's making you better as a shooter is just setting yourself up for frustration when you spend all those resources and don't actually find that you've gotten very much better or learned anything from the experience. Which, as an aside, the formula for burnout is spending time, energy, focus, money, resources, however you, however you define your, your expendables, your consumables, spending consumables and not seeing results. When you go to matches every week for a year and you don't see any results, that's burnout. That's how it happens. It's putting in effort, usually increasing effort over time in an attempt to see more results and not seeing results. So anytime that you are in a situation where you potentially are going to be expending a lot of resources for little, no, or even potentially negative results, that, that's a time you are potentially contributing to your own burnout. So that's something I always try and watch out for. To help break this down, in my mind, I think of matches in different sort of ranked levels or categories. I, I can't call them levels or tiers because USPSA and IDPA already use those terms, but let's just call them categories A through G. So all the way at the bottom of the list, category G is, is the world shoot. Obviously, that is a higher level of competition. It's a higher level of resources to get there. It's, it's just, I mean, it, it's on a level on its own. Although, you know, there are certain big IPSC matches every year. I mean, like the European Handgun Championships in the years that there isn't a world shoot is, is the closest thing you're going to get to a Category G match. So just below that, you have a Category F match, which is U.S. Nationals, US, USPSA Nationals. Just below that, Category E are area matches. So far, pretty straightforward. 
I actually, I'll, I'll slot in a match like U.S. Ipsic Nationals here in in an area match as a, a Category E match. Because, you know, I mean, it's it's not as big as Nationals, but it's definitely not as small as, as a Category D match, the next category. So a Category D match is a section match, a level two match, a state level match, a match that might pull people from a couple states around. That's that's category D. You know, when in this discussion, category D is level two. And then you have category C matches, which are your large USPSA level one matches. Because let's be honest, at least around here, not all USPSA matches are created equal. Actually, I kind of take that back because around here, most of the USPSA matches are pretty big and, and pretty competitive. But, you know, when I look at out across the country, I see USPSA matches with five or six stages that, you know, they probably set up the stages the morning before the match. They may not have really been designed. It may be somebody just had an idea and they sort of built it on the fly and they, they never really debugged it. That that wouldn't fit in this this Category C. Category C is a large USPSA level one match with, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80, 100 shooters probably with stages that are actually designed and debugged. So, you know, potentially a, a pretty high quality experience above, you know, just kind of showing up with a couple dozen buddies and, and shooting a club match. That would fall under a category B match, which is going to be your sm- those smallish USPSA matches where, you know, they usually set up the stages the morning of, that kind of thing. I'd also throw in a, a large-ish IDPA local match because around here, there have been clubs that would draw 60, 80 people for, a, for an IDPA match. And, and that, you know, if you won that in your division... That certainly meant something. It meant more than than winning 20-person weeknight IDPA match type thing. So Class B, or Category B, sorry, is a big local IDPA match, small local USPSA, or I'd lump in like a Steel Challenge local match in, in with Category B. And then Category A is going to be sort of everything else. Your local outlaw match where the, the rules may vary from, from match to match or you know, nobody's really competitive. It's it's a maybe it's a backup gun match. Show up and shoot your your pocket carry gun, or even a smallish IDPA match. Anything you know, 20, 30 shooters, that kind of thing. Where nobody's really in it to win it. No, everybody's there just to kind of shoot their carry gear and and have a good time. So the reason the, these categories are helpful is it sort of helps you look at the matches you're shooting and 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 rank them. I think into these categories. And figure out if you are expending your resources, your time, your focus, your energy in the most productive spot. And the way I think about it, you should compete one level above the level you're competitive at. That, that should really be your focus, the place that you're really trying to make strides and make gains. Now, how do you define competitive? I would say it's you have a decent shot at winning the match in your division. So if you are competitive at a small indoor weeknight USPSA match... You know, if you if you have a good chance at, at pretty reliably winning that thing, then you need to be pushing yourself. By the way, I would using this system. I'm not trying to coin a new nomenclature or anything, but in in the system I outlined above, that would be a, a category B match, small local USPSA. Then you should be setting your sights on trying to make gains at one step above a category C match, large USPSA level one matches. So if there's a match that might be an hour away from you, but it regularly draws 80 shooters and significant heat in your division, then that's where you really want to set your sights and and try and push your results. If I have to put a number on it, let's say it's 90% or higher in the match results, if you're and that's every time. If if you are either winning or coming within 90% or higher at the match every time, 
then you should be focusing your your competitive energy at a level above whatever the level that that level is that you're regularly winning or coming in 90% or higher. So for example, at pretty much every club match that I go to, I either win or place 90% or higher in production. So I'm competitive in category C, a large USPSA level one match. So I should and am focusing my energy on trying to compete at category D, USPSA level twos. And to a limited degree, one above that, category E, area matches. If you're competitive, that is, if you have a reasonable shot at winning one level of matches, you should reasonably set your sights on the next level up. So for me, that's saying I reasonably think that I actually have a shot at winning the two state matches that I'm planning to shoot this year. I'm also planning to shoot IPSC Nationals, which, like I said earlier, I slot in with the area matches in, in Category E. It's not as big as a USPSA Nationals, but it's, it's certainly not a joke. Is it possible? Is it a sort of stretch goal that I could have a, a shot if I really practice and, and make strides this year that I have a shot at winning IPSC Nationals? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But then later this year, I am also going to shoot a Category F match, which is three levels above where I was saying that I'm, you know, competitive at in this this large level one tier. So from large level one, it's up to level twos, then area matches and nationals. So I'm going three steps up the up the ladder. And part of that is just because it's within driving distance. It's in Florida. It's going to be a 10, 12 hour drive. My wife wants to make a little bit of a vacation out of it. It's going to be, you know, the the it's not going to be a, a big drain on my resources. If I was going to have to take a, I am going to have to take a week off work, but it's going to be folded into a big trip with my wife. So she'll be going with me. It, whereas if I was going to be, you know, flying out of town and having to rent a car and stay by myself for, for a week, that's, that's more of a drain on the resources. Whereas here I'm trying to, you know, take the fact that nationals is close and, and use it to my advantage and, and, and make it sort of a, a net positive. If I were in, you know, if I, for example, lived in Idaho and I would have to fly to Florida, I don't know that it would make sense for me to do that. You know, just just given my goals and and the effort that I'm trying to put into focusing on improving at the level where I will get the most return for my energy, focus, time, money, etc. So one big caveat on this is that I think it is helpful and useful if it's not too big of a resource or too big of a drain on your resources to shoot one match that you know you're not going to win each year, a big match, whatever big match is reasonably within your resources to travel to and, and compete, just to start exposing yourself to a higher level of competition. Because it definitely is, has happened to me, and I, I think it's helpful to be exposed to sort of what the, the real world is like, not just seeing a couple stages on, on Shooting USA, but going to a bigger match, being exposed to just the, the feeling of it and, and feeling like you are part of something bigger. It's not that you're the big dog winning your club match. There are a lot of people out here in this country working really hard to get really good. And so if you want to keep up with them, going to those bigger matches can help sort of recalibrate your your mental scale and remind you how not special you are, which I think is very valuable. Because if you think that you're something hot and you're going to just show up to a big match and, and wipe the floor, then that, that that's not correlated with positive success. Definitely not. So going to nationals does that for me too. I, I want to get used to going to nationals. I want to think of myself in that, in that milieu, think of myself in that group of people and remind myself that that's who I'm competing against. That's who is practicing right now when I'm not practicing. And hopefully that'll boost my motivation. And I, I want 
the procedure of going to nationals to be relatively boring. I want to not be necessarily afraid or unsure about what the procedure is going to be or how it's going to go or, you know, what it's like when you get your, you go to nationals equipment check versus equipment check at your state match. Although here in North Carolina, equipment check is pretty darn thorough. So I don't really have a lot to, to be worried about, but on principle, I want to know that I have nothing to fear there because I've done it before. And there again, that's why I want to go to IPSC Nationals, is is get that under my belt so it's not completely novel. But that's that all has to do with sort of the procedural aspects of the match. When the time comes that I actually really want to be competitive at Nationals, if I even if I shot it like 20 times, when I wasn't in contention to win it, when I didn't have that mental internal dialogue that, okay, if you can put together eight more good stages today, you're walking home with a big trophy— like that won't actually prepare me very well for handling the nerves of shooting it while being in contention to win. The best way to prepare for that is to get lots of practice shooting matches where I am in contention to win, but it's not guaranteed. Getting used to whatever the level of competition is, being comfortable in that zone where I can't take it for granted that I'll lose, but I also can't take it for granted that I'll win, and having to walk that thin line to keep things together through to the end of a match and, and take the win. And depending on where you are as a shooter, that could be as easy as going to an indoor weeknight match 20 minutes from your house. And that's a good thing. If that's as far as you have to go to get that level of pressure, like, good. You can practice handling that pressure much, much more easily than I can. So, you know, I'd say exploit that to your advantage. I have to work harder and harder every year to travel further and further to get practice dealing with that type of pressure. And this is an interesting example, but Ben Steger, who won the production world shoot in 2017, part of his planning and practice, and he's talked about it on his podcast, was to go overseas and shoot as many big international Ipsic matches that he could in the years leading up to it. So he went to Czechia and shot Extreme Euro Open. He went to, went shot, I think, the Eurasia Extreme Open, which is in literally the middle of freaking nowhere in Russia. I, I looked at it on the map, and it's, it's a 25-hour drive from Moscow just smack in the middle of, of the, the country. Like, it's nowhere. It's it's not a tourist destination, at least not that I'm aware of. But that was the kind of planning that he did to get used to the pressures and procedures of big Ipsic matches on the, the biggest scale because he knew he was going to be making a run at the 2017 World Shoot. Imagine what a pain it is to have to fly literally to the other side of the planet to have to get a decent high-pressure Ipsic match. So if you don't have to do that, if you can be pushed to your limits and see improvement without traveling that far, Count that as a win because, I mean, let's be honest, that's what most of us are in this for. We want to be pushed to our limit, we want to learn things, and we want to improve. And so, in terms of not burning out, I actually see it as something of a rational self-preservation strategy to try and set up a match schedule that will challenge you but not frustrate you. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's perhaps one of the ways I've, I've stayed in the sport as long as I have the fact that I've never really gone through significant periods of, of burnout. And so hopefully by giving you this rubric, the, the way that I sort of look at matches and break them down and think about really carefully planning the matches where I am going to shoot, you know, in part because they're local versus the matches I'm going to shoot because they're going to be a stretch for me versus the, the matches I'm going to shoot where I know that reasonably I'm, I'm not in the running, but I just want to build that experience. And so looking at my match schedule in that lens... When I go to that match, even if I don't win, as long as I've set my goal for that match to be just gaining comfort, then then it is a win. Then it is trying to commit resources for a goal and then reaching that goal, even if 
I don't get the big plaque at the end because that wasn't my goal. But I, I went into it knowing that. I didn't sort of have this secret harbored hope that, that I might line everything up and walk away with the big prize. Like that's 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 just setting yourself up for, for disappointment. And I think that's a, a good way to frustrate yourself. And, and just generally, especially if you practice a lot, put yourself in a situation where you get to the end of a season, you put your heart and soul into it, you ended up being frustrated, and you just can't work up the motivation to, to do it again for the next season. And then you burn out and you disappear from the sport. And, and that's a bummer because you probably have a lot of friends in the sport that miss seeing you and you probably want to keep being able to hang out with them. And, and something about the way you're planning your matches is causing you to be frustrated. And, and I don't want that. I, I want to keep seeing all you guys at matches and I want everybody to keep getting better. And I want people to feel satisfied because, at least for most of us, this is still a hobby. This is an area to be able to go out, test yourself, improve, and see progress where, you know, you might not see that at your job. You might not see that in other areas of life. So just to review here at the end, the, the way I break it down in my mind, at the top you have the world shoot, category G. The level below that, category F, you have nationals. Level below that, you have area matches, U.S. IPSC nationals, big matches like that. Category D, you have your, your section matches, your level two matches that'll bring people from one, two, three, four states around, but not necessarily across the country. Category C, your, your large USPSA monthly level one matches with 100 shooters and six or eight stages that are planned out and usually debugged, not just thrown up the day of. Category B matches where you'll have those smaller local USPSA level one matches that might have stages put up the day of the match, usually a lower turnout. A steel challenge local match, a big local IDPA match, if if that's even still a thing. It kind of has has waned around me, but I, I don't know about nationally. And then category A, which is your local outlaw matches, your your small IDPA matches, your indoor 20, 30 person IDPA or outlaw or even maybe USPSA matches. So those are those are the breakdowns. Be honest with yourself, figure out the level that you're competitive at, and then try and as you look at planning out your, your 2018 match schedule, do it with a, a deliberate eye towards putting yourself in a situation where you're, you're going to be challenged. And it's very, very possible that you will actually see way more growth and way more satisfaction if you skip going to level twos altogether and instead go four times a year to a really big level one match that's maybe an hour further than you would normally drive. So let's say you normally drive an hour to most matches, but there's a really big competitive match that's two or three hours away. It might actually be more productive to you as a shooter, certainly cheaper, but it might be more productive to you as a shooter to go shoot that big match that's further away three or four times during the year than to drive six or eight hours away to a level two match because you'll be more challenged. You'll actually be in the win- in the running to win that match. And then just from a resource financial perspective, it's it's much more palatable to drive to a match, shoot it, and drive home and, you know, pay your $20 or $30 match fee instead of the all the rigmarole of having to register months ahead of time and send in a check and, and squad and be there at 7.30 in the morning and all that fun level two logistical stuff. So that wraps up this episode of Short Course. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Facebook at Ben Barry Shooting and on Instagram at BS Barry. I post my match videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash Ben Barry USPSA. If you have a question or just want to tell me something, you can email me at podcast at I'd love to hear what you think. Talk to you next time.